You are listening to Sabbat Shalom with Brother Doug on Open Lines Radio. Follow Doug on Instagram at d.isfordoug. That's the number four. Follow Mark on Instagram at tincan.telephone. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Sabbat Shalom with Brother Doug. Enjoy. I seem to recognize your face Haunting, familiar, yeah I can't seem to place it Cannot find a candle of thought To light your name Lifetimes are catching up with me I'd seen the place, but no one's ever taken me. Hearts and thoughts, they fade, fade away. Hearts and thoughts, they fade, fade away. I swear I recognize. Memories like fingerprints are slowly raising. You wouldn't recall, for I'm not my father. It's hard when you're stuck upon the shell. changing at all Small town predicts my fate Perhaps that's what no one wants to see I just want to scream Hello say the sympathetic nervous system but i don't know that that is really what i'm thinking about what do you mean by that what does that mean well okay so let me okay so the sympathetic nerve and not that i know much this is just what i can remember from college 
but the sympathetic nervous system is that idea. That Tell me, see. Dr. Doug. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we should, that's the name I should go by. <laughs> Dr. Doug. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the sympathetic nervous system, that idea that you receive a stimulus and your um, body, like, unconscious, unconsciously does things to regulate itself. So, like, it's the fight or flight stuff. You receive a stimulus and the sympathetic nervous system is, like, what basically like makes you shit your pants. You know what I mean? Like it does all the different other things. So like your, your eyes dilate, your, you get sweaty. Like, I got to get it. This, this is going to be too much. I got to go home and poop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and a lot of that's like, you're not even aware you're doing it. So that's, that, that's the context of, of what I say, sympathetic nervous system. And so, um, so th- there's this game that we have that basically we only play in the holidays. In fact, I think last Christmas, I might have mentioned something about it, but it's like you wear these headphones and you can't hear what the person's saying and you have to just look at the, it's basically lip reading. And it's, it's funny because you think they're saying one thing, you say what you think they're saying and it's not what they're saying and everybody laughs, right? Because it's ridiculous. Now, what, where, I, do you have to go buy like a pair of noise canceling headphones and then it that's... comes, it comes with it and it like, so you hit oh. the button and it, and it makes all these noises. So it's not just the headphones. It's like, it's, you're hearing a bunch of noises. Like it's like almost that like, sounds fun. It is fun. Um, for, for a while, you know, and then eventually, <laughs> like, right. Like, like everything. It, yeah. Um, but the, when it's novel, it's like the novelty of it's really enjoyable. So, but here's why I bring it up because I've noticed when playing that, what is enjoyable sometimes is not to necessarily watch the two people trying to communicate, it's watching everybody else in the room and their reactions and how like their mouths move and their faces are all like, it's like, it's, it's unconscious. And it reminds me of back when I was a churchgoer in the youth little program, when the kids would go up and give speeches, um, there was this mom (laughs) every time her child would speak, she'd be off like, you know, the parents come in and watch and speak and she'd be off in the corner, like mouthing what he was saying. Um, not but to they him. They had prepared it at home, or like uh, she yeah, just. She just was. It's almost like she was. I, I can't even quite explain it. it. Wasn't like he he wasn't looking at her, so she wasn't trying to like give him clues. It was just involuntarily she was mouthing his speech because they had been practicing it, and so she's like <laughs> almost like trying to embody him. Like you could just see that she was so. I want him to do well, and so I'm just gonna. Or like if you ever watch those. I can't remember during the Olympics, it was the parents who, when their daughter was the gymnast and the mom was like, every move was um, kind, of, kind of mimicking her moves in the seats. Yeah. Do you ever see that? I, I, I didn't, but I can picture it. You know, yeah. The mom's probably like, watched it so many times. I've had kids in sports that you, when you watch them in practice so many times and then... Yeah, you just mimic it. Yeah. Or like, it's the sports example is perfect, so... Um, one of the fathers of, you know, my daughter's uh, soccer team, one of the fathers of the, one of the forwards, he, uh, you know, like forwards, like when you're trying to shoot a goal, it's all about timing. There's a window of like, you got to kick it now in order to, to have a shot at it. And when he's watching, he'll get all excited and he'll, he'll kick his leg <laughs> like when, <laughs> when it's time, you know? And so he's pretty entertaining to watch, but like you see those scenarios all the time. Or it's like when people are doing their video games and like they're moving around, um, rather than just sitting still doing the yeah. controllers. And so it, it makes me wonder, I've 
like um, it, some of that's involuntary and unconscious. Like people do this kind of stuff unconsciously. And like, is that, is that, would you qualify those examples as a form of like empathy? You know what I mean? Like, like people embodying their experience, they're seeing, they're getting stimulus from another and like taking that on themselves. Yeah, I, I guess so. I never really thought of it like that. I even had the same, uh, we went and picked up my daughter from the airport today and I'm driving home. We stopped to grab something to eat and I'm getting back on the freeway and, in Escondido, California, there's, mm-hmm. when you get on the freeway, it's the worst design ever where you've got to get across three lanes or each lane. When you get on mm-hmm. the freeway and this lane that you get into is going off into another one one direction and you get over to the next, it's like a big interchange. You're going to get off onto another freeway and you get over again. There's three different yeah. freeways that change and you got to get across four lanes in about a mile. And I was... I was getting, mm-hmm. I was trying to merge over and the guy behind me got over and like sped up so I couldn't get over. And I was like, yeah. dude, you just got over yourself. Don't you have empathy? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly not. And, 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 and so the empathy is weird that, that you say empathy because that word's, I just used that word like an hour ago, like in a f- moment of rage. <laughs> in a fit of rage. <laughs> But it's like I don't want to go to Riverside. <laughs> you know, but, uh, um, well, but it makes, when you think it of it like that, you... I don't know. Is it empathy or is it just like like you're just trying to? I mean, you could even like go to like a basketball game and probably look around the crowd and see that with people trying to like will their. Uh huh. <laughs> like, oh, oh, per- perfect example is I went to a wrestling match um, for my school a couple weeks ago and. Um, and that is a hard one, like, to watch because it's so physical. And when they, and when they, you see a wrestler get in a scenario, it's like, oh my gosh, that hurts so bad. Like, there's just no, you can't help but like just like, <laughs> like yeah. squirm in yeah. your chair and just like, oh my gosh. And it's it's involuntary. And I I reason I bring that up is I wonder. Okay, so the sympathetic nervous system, like that's for your survival, right? Your body is is evolved essentially to say like here are these stimulus in order to keep you alive you either fight or run um and here's like all these things we're going to regulate on your body to ensure that um you know you can do one of those two things and it seems like that element of being able to put yourself in another's uh it almost seems like that's also involuntary. Like it's, like it just naturally happens. And it makes me wonder if that's the case, if you would qualify those as empathy. I don't know that you, I don't, I don't know that I do qualify it as empathy. Like you said, empathy kind of assumes that you understand how somebody is feeling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It it almost seems more like trying to exert your will over somebody else's, Uh actions you know Uh like like the the mother trying to get her kid to say this to bear his testimony her way you know (laughs) in a way she's Uh proud of yeah yeah i don't know my mom it might be the opposite of empathy it might be more like you you will do what i command you to do Uh kind of thing yeah or or maybe it's like uh you you're, you're putting your own personal 
So, so in empathy, you're taking somebody else and trying to. Uh, yeah, you're walking a mile in their shoes. Yeah. Whereas in this case, you're almost like putting trying to put your shoes in, on into, them into their experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, but that that so that that happens. Like what? And and that happens like involuntarily. Why? Maybe it's like a living vicariously thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. like. It's maybe it's not trying to exert your will. Maybe it's just maybe it is trying to put. It's just trying to put yourself into that. You know, there's a lot of things. I was. Just, it's funny. I was just. So my son got this. Got a. Uh, my father-in-law brought him his old uh, Fender Stratocaster for, yeah. for Christmas and a big crate amp. Mm-hmm. And it was and and. So he's been in there playing, and then I bought this podcasting gear that. Um, came with like three microphones mm-hmm. and so today i took him in a microphone and he plugged it into his other amp and he's in there playing his guitar and singing and i walked out and i said to holly i go man if somebody would have just given me that setup when i was 16 like yeah. who knows what could have happened and then it's so yeah. then it's suddenly like living vicariously through him where it's like hey you know i'm, I'm trying to like push him you got to learn your scale you know what i mean he's just yeah, trying yeah. to like play and i'm trying to like Dude, like if I could go back, like don't be a forty-six-year-old man like me trying wishing you could go back. Like you have the chance to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I, maybe, and I don't know. I mean, it's, there's different things. There's when you see a, a father on the sidelines, like going through the motions. He's he's just wanting to be proud of his. He wants her to actually do it so that yeah. it'll follow through and he can be proud of her in front of everybody right. else. And when you see a mother trying to get her kid to recite the his idea of love for God the same way as hers. That's just her. I don't know. You know, it's tough Uh to know Uh what that means. What does that mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It it could be a whole bunch of things. It kind of depends on how selfish you are, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it it could be as simple as it's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're taking in a stimulus and our neurons are firing within us. You know what I mean? So like we're, we're seeing it happen and we, what do they call that? Synesthesia or whatever it is, where like the I can't remember how they say it. Like the cognitive pathway from one area translates over to the cognitive pathway of another. So what you're seeing visually then goes to another cognitive pathway and like makes you kick your leg when you see you know you see the window of opportunity. So you you act, um, and it could be as simple as neurons firing. Um, yeah. I mean, but, what, is it, what is anything? Yeah, totally. But it makes me wonder, like, what what is the, like, is there, is there, I mean, is it something just as simple or is there, like, use in civilization for that stuff? Is is there a reason that um, is involuntary and just embedded in our behaviors? It makes me wonder, like, going back to the idea of empathy, I mean, empathy's got to be fundamental to the growth of civilization, yeah, and and that's why when you see the lack of empathy, you, know? you see civilization start to crumble. When what? I don't see a lot of empathy in the world right now. You know what I mean? You're saying you're saying when it's gone, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The lack of empathy is kind of when you start <clears> to <throat> see civilizations crumble. But when there is an abundance of empathy, is when you see civilizations evolve. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, it's, just, and- it's just like. Right now, you've, we, there are these. You've got this young generation growing up in a world where 
the rules and regulations of an older generation don't apply, you know, and the older yeah. generation has no empathy for the younger generation. For the new one, yeah. And it's all about what can I get before, you know, in these last 20 years before I die, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. With uh-huh. zero empathy. And that's when you start to see things crumble. But when you start, when there's a civilization, like, like before that, you know, like coming out of like, say, World War One, where it was like, let's give our kids a, some chances and let's put into play into play some programs and let's put some opportunities so that they can live a better life than me. Remember, like, whatever happened to your kids living a better life than you? That's when there was empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, clearly, empathy's got to be fundamental to like uh, a, a society, like like a, a communal effort of like, hey, we're all in this together, kind of thing. Um. I was trying to think of like where empathy, like me using empathy personally has been effective to like my, my sense of uh, belonging in a community and um, me being someone who kind of appreciates uh, my time away from, <laughs> you know, <laughs> away from, away from uh, community it, it, it's sometimes harder to see. I guess. I guess I, I could say I, I've been, you know, caring and thoughtful with the people I work with, and that has been advantageous to work and all that. So I guess maybe that's been. Well, that's. I mean, that's where community comes from. Is a, a um, you know, where both people have both parties have empathy toward the other. It's one thing to right. be an emp- empathetic person. But when it's when the empathy is not returned, that's where there's you don't feel like you're part of community. You know, that's where right. where you feel like you're giving like I'm I'm understanding where you're coming from, and I'm and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm I'm tearing down walls and I'm breaking down boundaries and I'm letting mm-hmm. myself grow to realize that okay, well maybe there's there's something to what you're saying. But then when it, that part yeah. when when it's not returned. And they're just like, thank you, you agree with me. And it's like, but can't you see where I'm coming from? You know, it's like this mutual empathy, as I kind of think where, and that's where communities, like you fall into place with people who have mutual empathy for each other, where you're able to empathize with each other rather than just yeah. always being the one. Then you're a doormat. If you, That's what empaths who, you you always hear, I don't know how much time you spend, follow, I, I follow a lot of people who label themselves as empaths on social media. Yeah, yeah. And their, their big thing is I just, I take in everybody's pain. You know what I mean? And then I go into uh-huh. a room and I'm just taking on all this pain. And it's very rare that somebody takes on an empath's pain. You know what I mean? And that's where the communities start to grow. When you have one empath and another empath who come mm-hmm. together and like, I see your pain and I see your pain. And then, you know, most people are just like, please see my pain. If you don't see my, you know what I mean? They yeah, don't want to yeah. go both ways. Yeah. I don't know if that lends anything to what you're saying, but no, I, guess I think it's... so. I mean, well, I, I think obviously, like community's got to be reciprocal. I mean, or any kind of sense of re- relationship's got to be reciprocal. Um, and when it's not, because I can take into like personally, from a, a standpoint of your little kid re- reciting a, mm-hmm. I don't know, a, a speech in church or a. You know, let's just call it a test, you know, giving his testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Burying his testimony for what he believes in and seeing mm-hmm. the mother like wanting him to see where she's coming from. 
but mm-hmm. she's not seeing what he believes. You know what I mean? Like rarely yeah. is it reciprocal where it's like, I kind of believe things a little different where it's like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think there's, a, I, mean, I mean, even on our, in our family, that's kind of been the big divide. Yeah. So is, is, well, not, I think... not, is, is the, the lack of mutual empathy. Like I'm, I'm perfectly willing to put myself in seeing things where you're coming from. But if I'm not believing the same things you believe in, you refuse to even acknowledge me as a person, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, the root of conflict has got to be an inability to um, see another's perspective. You know what I mean? Like that's got to be a. Uh, and I, I think, would've... and I think a lot of that comes in comes to is like just the inability for people to apologize. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard for someone to say they're sorry or somebody to say they were wrong. And that's right. a lot what empathy is. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I see you see things differently than me. Mm-hmm. I guess I, my mm-hmm. way's not always right. And that, people right. have a hard time with that for some reason. Well, it's hard to not win. And it's hard to, um, when when you advocated for something so heavily, to like then be like, never mind. <laughs> and then to have <laughs> you something mean? that like, you care about a... come along with a completely different opinion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, and, okay, take into take into account. Okay, <laughs> I have a, I have a uh, here's something. Mm-hmm. Here on Open Lines Radio, you can listen to a podcast called Between Blue Worlds. Yeah. A lot of the time, I politically, I believe pretty much the opposite as what Angie talks about on Between Blue Worlds. Right. right. But I listen to it. I listen to every single one of them. And slowly and surely, just because I try to be an empathetic person and see where other people are coming from, I completely understand where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was at work about two weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. listen, I'm not a Trump supporter by any means. Okay. Right. Right. But I'm also not an Obama supporter. And I wasn't a George W. Bush. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that every president from every modern president who's still alive should probably be in prison for crimes against humanity. You know what I mean? Just for, just for, just for Yemen, if nothing else. Anyway, I don't want to get into politics, but what I was, I I was at work and there was this guy who's a big, huge, not anti-Trumper, right? Yeah. And he comes from a really conservative state and he's moved out here to kind of a liberal area but where he came from, he was way liberal. But when he comes yeah. out here, he's still really conservative, you know? But he hates Trump and he doesn't know why. But because I've been listening to the viewpoints of Trump supporters, yeah, he sits there and he's like, he's telling me about all he's going off on Trump one day. And mostly I agree with him, but I still don't want to talk about it. You know, I was like, I yeah, agree with you, yeah. but I don't want to talk about it. But I go, well, you know, he hasn't, he's done some good things too. Just to kind of be devil's advocate. Yeah, and I had a I have a collection of things that he's done good thanks to listening to other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. and so he's like, oh yeah, name six, <laughs> and I go, all right, well let's just start. He's he's working on making it so that so that fathers get extra time off for uh, when the ba- their baby's born that they get matern they get maternity time. Par- the fathers also do, and he cuts in and he says, oh yeah. I guess I guess gay men who adopt babies need time off from work too, 
looked at him and I go, well, that's a very Republican thing to say. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Because here's this guy who like he goes on Facebook and he makes these arguments, arguing about how he's how he hates Republican. And I go, well, that's a really Republican thing to say. Yeah, and he looks at yeah. me and he goes, okay, touche. You know? yeah. And yeah. it's like it's like, come on, man, like let's 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 like why are you fighting you know like there's there's a reason people believe in in other things like mm-hmm. i don't know i don't well, know where i'm getting like off the, on it's like the the prime kind of a prime example of um a lack of a, a an ability or or it's not wanting to give any ground you know what i mean it's like a lack of ability to be able to I think we all do it no matter what we're arguing about. Like even I, I think about it with, with my thoughts on religion pretty regularly. Like it's a, it's an inability to, to even go to the perspective of another of what, what might be okay about it. And it's also like this zero sum game of if, if one thing's good, then it's all good. And it's like, no, you know what I mean? And, and but people feel that way. Like if, if I, if I relent a little and allow a couple, a couple things, uh, that must mean it's all, I must agree with everything. And, and I just think, um, I don't know, it's a lot more complex than that, you know? Yeah. But. yeah. I, you're, you're a lot where I was, you're, you're a little bit younger than me, like eight years or so. Uh huh. And I think eight years ago, I was really angry at religion. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And the only thing that upsets me is when, like, there, there's, I just, there's somebody in both of our lives who has always chosen the church over family. Mm-hmm. Always. And that's the thing that gets to me is when it's like there are people in the world who are unwavering when it comes to religion. And there's, yeah. you know, there's still some out there. And those are the ones that I, it's, it's just like, all right, fine. Like, I'm happy to let you have your religion, but like, let me have mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and let everybody have everybody's because everybody's got these, everybody's had dumb shit happen to them, you know? Right that has shaped them into being who they are. And, and some people require religion to get through a day. And I get that. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. We, we've talked a lot about how we don't understand parents who choose things. Like we have, we have one, we, we have a father who chose, um, I don't know what he chose. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do like, you call it? <laughs> Something and, else and is what he chose. Something else, but then we have a mother who chose something else entirely, and neither one of them were congruent with their children, mm-hmm. or, or, or including children, you know, who chose to not be like either one of them. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a real disconnect. But I think I think I hope I'm hoping that's dying with that generation because I think as 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 the future generation, I mean, everything's so much more open now. The younger kids are so open. This whole I have been listening to this podcast. It's uh it's called Put Your Hands Together. Mm-hmm. Like you should pay for Spotter Spotter uh, Stitcher Premium just for that. Just to listen to this last 6 years of it. It's basically uh-huh. like open night mic, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah. open mic night. And it's, it's you know it's pretty really bad com- comedy basically. Right. <laughs> it's like stand up right. back bombing. Mm-hmm. 
but they're all young and they're all like non-binary. The pronouns are all screwed up. I don't understand. I get right. it. I get the pronouns. Right. I and again, I've been coming around on pronouns too because the the pronoun thing where it's like I identify as they and it's like, look, I'm a t- I come from a technical writing background. And I'm going for a hundred percent effective communication and you're clearly a female. So I'm going to call you a she just so that shit doesn't get confused when we're communicating. Yeah. But if you want to go by they yeah. go by they, and then they start to get hurt. And so I'm, I'm getting it. I'm trying to be empathetic to that point of view, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. think shit's like, it's like, it's changing. I, I'm, that's the only hope I have for the future is that the youth is doing things well, completely different. And I wonder if that really ever changed. Like, I mean, like I wonder if that process really ever stops is what I wonder. It's like, um, this sounds silly, but, uh, the, I'm not a huge musical guy. Well, maybe I am. Like I'm finding as I get older, I really enjoy musical, <laughs> but the musical that I actually, um, I find, um, I don't know, pretty, Poignant is that is that an appropriate word Poignant, to use here? Yeah. yeah, is Fiddler on the Roof? Um, you know, it's like the whole idea of Tevier has these three daughters. The first one doesn't want to use the matchmaker. The next one, no, the first I can't I can't remember how it all works. <laughs> but anyway, the first daughter wants one thing. The next daughter wants she kind of picks. She just kind of assumes that she's not going to use the matchmaker. And then the third one, she decides to marry a Christian instead of. Uh, uh, like a Jewish um, groom, and um, and he has this whole line that says, "If I bend too far, if I bend that far, I'll break." And I think like every generation has its 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 point at which I can I can bend this far, I can bend a little further, but fine, you I'm I'm to the point of where I can't bend anymore, and that's like basically when you die. You know what I mean? Like okay, you're going to die, and the next generation. Um, who's a lot more comfortable with these new norms is just fine. And that's going to be the norm. The thing that you couldn't handle, but you're dead. So now it doesn't matter. Um, this new generation has a new norm, but I wonder if like, I, I, I've got to believe that like that's just process is going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like that, the youth of today, what's, what's going to be, what is going to be the thing that they can't bend any further on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it yeah. and it really it really makes makes me wonder like uh, there could be a lot of change. You know what I mean? Like I I th- I think change happens a lot quicker now too, just with like our our ability to see what others are doing so much easier than we ever could in the past. And so um, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a new world. Yeah, yeah. And 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 growing up in Utah in the 80s was like. It, even even when you were in Utah, you made the joke that you were ten years behind California. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But now right. everywhere is even. It doesn't matter where you are uh-huh. in the world; it's exactly uh-huh. the same. Yeah. The flat Earth is Wait. not flat Earth physically, but the flat Earth that we used to talk about—the the metaphorical flat Earth—is mm-hmm. real. Well, in in geography, we used to call that space-time compression. Your ability to communicate across space has shrunk, shrunk dramatically in the amount of time that it ever was in the past. And, um, and it's instant now, you know what I mean? Almost everywhere. 
And you so, can go on Google Maps and walk around streets. I know it's cool. I I was at Machu Picchu looking around Machu Picchu. <laughs> I was I climbed up to the top of Angels Landing at Zion National Park the other day. Yeah. Yeah. On and and looked around, looked up at the sky, and looked out like 360 degree views. It's so crazy. <laughs> I know. It's, it's bonkers. It walks so. up the trail, and you see you're hiking up with these these other people are walking up together. You go the whole length with these this group of people <laughs> to the top of this trail. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy, it's, it's and I, I wouldn't. I was yeah. showing someone at work where when we, I was talking about when I went to Paris, and I went and found it on Google Maps, and I walked through. The, I could show him exactly in a, in this 360 degree view. It's so nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And so cool. So why why are we holding on to the old ways? <laughs> you know, I watch. I'm. It's been a long <laughs> time since I've turned on the news. It's been weeks. I've been really busy. We've had in-laws in town. I was I was starting to get really politically frustrated, and now I'm really politically ignorant yeah, because it's been yeah. a couple of weeks, and I kind of like it that way. I don't know that I can come back. Yeah. I haven't yeah, looked at the yeah. president's Twitter feed and been pissed off in a while. <laughs> so I, and, yeah. hey, I'm enjoying my life. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I don't know. It's just... It's, I, I watch these these things and, and these proceedings and the way things are happening and it's like man I can't wait till all these pe- like you got you've been you people have been bogging down the system for so many generations the same people like just I was I was talking to Holly the other day we actually we were just talking about it again today when I was saying what's the what's you're the you're the history guy what's the uh, what's the, the the legal age to be president thirty five. 35 yeah. or you have to be older than 35 30, I think it's 35 or older yeah I think you should have to be 35 <laughs> you know <laughs> you, when you take your first <laughs> turn you have to be 35 and you're done if you get your second term you're done by what 43 43 the next yeah. president's 35 again <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah that would that would shrink the pool pretty dramatically yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would shrink shrink the pool, and you can you imagine the change? Can you imagine the evolution? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would change uh, quite a bit. Get these old guys out of there. These old guys have no vision for the future because their future is done right now. They're just trying to make their current life comfortable because they're going to die at any moment. Well, There's no vision for the future in politics. It's amazing to me to see what how old people are living too, man. Like how. They got free health care that we ages. won't have. They, that, that generation got free health care. They want to cry yeah. socialism. They got free health care the second they turned 65. Yeah. And they got all the perks. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, they're living forever. We won't. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We can't afford to. Stuff. So. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I don't think it's where you wanted to go. Back to the uh, nervous system. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I was saying. It was just a, it was just a little meander on. Is that stuff innate? You know what I mean? And really, what I was wondering, which I, I think, which I think I come to a little bit of a conclusion on, is like, is empathy innate? Like, or, or innate might not be the right word. Is empathy um, automatic? You know what I mean? Uh, and I think the answer to that is no, because I think what I'm describing is not necessarily empathy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. what I'm describing is a, 
is an automatic, it's a automatic reaction to a stimulus. Um, it's just I like still, your heart beating. It's yeah. just like breathing. You can't, you don't have any control over it. it but there's does it automatically. There's definitely a social component to it. Like it's, it's definitely us. And I think whatever the opposite of empathy is in the sense, not, not like, um, opposite in terms of us imposing us into a different situation rather than us taking that different person situation and, and imposing it onto, you know, our experience. Um, it's, it, we're, we're still placing, we're embedding ourselves in somebody else's experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, un, and, and I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Do but, you remember, uh, I think, I think you went with me. It was a Utah Jazz playoff game. I think it was one of those things that I I bought tickets and my ex-wife bailed on me at the last second like she tended to do, so you got to go along. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to say they yeah. were playing the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, and... so this one, are you, we, okay, so I know what happened. I remember this. So uh, you and I both, I we, we both went to that game, but you got tickets and I got tickets kind of independent of one another. So we weren't sitting by each other, but we were both there. Okay. I remember. And for somehow I was down in the lower bowl. So maybe, I'm not sure who was with me. It might have been mm-hmm. my ex-wife. I blocked her out if that's who it was. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> some, somebody was next to me. And yeah. it went like over, over time or two, and the Jazz lost this game. Like, yeah, yeah. At, by, with like a last second shot. Like they, they had it, and the Mavericks yeah. sank the shot at the end. Yeah. And they lost. But I remember leaving that and and everyone being oh you know just so disappointed mm-hmm. it was so close and i remember saying oh man that was dramatic you know what i mean at least yeah. at least yeah. we saw a game i would rather see yeah. them lose with that totally. kind of game than a blowout totally. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know why I, why that why what you're talking about brought that up but i guess i was just having <laughs> it was just it was just this i i there was there was like the shot was being taken and the the there the whole, there were sixty thousand people all trying to make yeah. that shot miss. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, when and you even you, watching it, I was like, oh, sink that shot. This would be so dramatic. <laughs> uh huh. That's that's one of the things I love about sports. And I grew up kind of hating sports, like in terms of I wasn't an athlete, right? But um, one of the things I like about it is you. I mean, it's not any different from a soap opera, right? It, it, what the outcome doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah, soap opera for men. Yeah, it's totally what it is. But um, I just the the ability to be able to put yourself into that circumstance, kind of live this little drama for a couple hours um, that has like all of the the peaks and valleys of any kind of narrative, you know, um, is. Yeah, I think it's, it kind of fits that you're, you're putting yourself into the scenario. You know, you're 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 watching this thing and you you uh, become enmeshed in it. Yeah. Do you remember that that game? I think it might have even been the first time Kobe showed up in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Kobe and Shaq. And it was a double overtime. And we went down. To and the I think lower sometime bowl. during the first overtime, we went down to the lower <laughs> bowl because yeah. there were empty seats. Uh-huh. And we saw him, and we're like, "All right, we're gonna do it." 
Yeah. <laughs> we got all brave. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we watched. And, and then it went to double overtime, so we actually saw two overtimes from the lower yeah, bowl. Yeah, I do remember and it, that. And I was ruined. I could never go back to the upper bowl. No. <laughs> it, was, it was, you see how Should massive never have done they that. are. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's nothing quite like, honestly, so one, one year, not to carry on in these sports, but I'll tell you this one story, but one year, um, is when the jazz weren't very good. So tickets were pretty, uh, pretty cheap, but we got like on like secondhand on a game against a team that wasn't very good. So their, the prices were way low, but we spent some money to get like fourth row and just, just to watch these massive guys and like, it's physical. Like they body each other up and you can hear them yelling at each other. Um, ah, it's, it's, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah. So, yeah, that little bowl stuff. That's why I like watching women's soccer way more uh-huh. than men's soccer. Because uh-huh. the men's soccer can kick the ball so far, and there's not a whole lot of physical oh, yeah. contact. Yeah. And when there is physical uh-huh. contact, they all flop and fall down yeah. and act hurt. But the yeah. women who can't kick it as far, like, it, mm-hmm. it is a physical battle. I've loved watching my daughter play soccer. Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I feel where you're at. I'm, like, I'm living vicariously <laughs> when you're talking about your daughter playing soccer. And it's like, yeah. oh, man, those were the – like. I know I don't know what she was dealing with and going through, but that was the funnest funnest years of my life were yeah. watching my daughter play soccer, play this competition level soccer, and we went and saw like the women's team when Mia Hamm was still playing for them. We yeah. were lucky enough to be in a place where soccer was big, yeah. And and just the, just the women's game is so physical. <laughs> it is. It's actually if among high school sports. It's the has the highest rate of concussions. Oh really? Uh huh. And so it's like it, it, it is. It's true. Girls soccer is you know at, at that point I call it girls soccer because they're teenagers, but um, it's physical. Yeah. It's super physical. Yeah. Underrated. It, oh, it's great. I I enjoy it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're at the end of another year. Uh huh. Have we been doing this for over a year? Yeah, it was like last fallish. That's crazy. I know, like time just time just keeps on going. I can't believe that we keep doing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we have stretches where it, uh, you know, it'll be a couple months will pass. And... I'll send you a text. Hey, uh, are you up to it? And I'm like, he's over it by now. <laughs> I'll send you. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, I. I was thinking today that I don't have a lot of memories of New Year's Eves. Oh yeah, I don't either. Um, I mention it. I and and not because I've like usually like blackout drunk because it's really uh-huh. the most years of my life I never touched alcohol. But right. I, I was going back trying to think of a memorable New Year's Eve, and it really wasn't until like I was probably late thirties and started playing drums again with my father-in-law's band mm-hmm. and when our mm-hmm. band was playing new year's eve i have like my, i can't even remember last year's new year's eve i remember yeah. like two or three new year's eves where i was playing drums on new year's eve and every other yeah. 40 the rest of the other 43 years of my life i can't even remember a new year's eve well that's not true i remember being in salt lake one year freezing my ass off <laughs> walking around and watching fireworks in the fog. Oh, but I couldn't done, tell you what year it was or what was, was happening. I'll never do that again. 
Uh, I remember distinctly the 1999, because remember, you remember the Y2K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, watching, you know, and here in the West, we're like one of the final time zones to to reach the the new day. And so um, by the time Y2K was nothing. Yeah. And that's that's like by the time New Year's came around for us, okay, there's already been probably like 18 different rollovers to the new decade or the new century or whatever. And no problems. And no problems. <laughs> and so like it was by the time we had uh, the New Year's, but I remember watching it and that was 20 years ago. And I, it, it doesn't feel that long ago. I was talking with, um, with actually uh, one of our sisters not too long ago about how, you know, growing up there was, you felt like these very distinct decades. You had like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, but really the last since the two thousands, the, to me, the, the aughts and the teens have kind of blended into one. Like they just, it just feels like since the two thousands. And it's crazy to think that it's, no, it's been 20 years. Um, and I wonder if we you know now, now that we're back to the the twenties, the thirties, and we'll be going to that. If these new if these new decades will feel um, kind of distinct. Yeah, maybe. I don't I remember. Know. I don't remember New Year's Eve. Two thousand. But I remember the year nineteen ninety nine as being a good year for survival gear. <laughs> the survival gear <laughs> Very industry. Very true. Very true. I remember buying a. Big old 55 gallon drums of water and being ready for it. Yeah. And almost being well, around, disappointed around that here, nothing happened. Around, around here, it's a big deal because, like, we do, you know, in Utah, we're in, apoc- in an apoc- apocalyptic culture of where um, there is a belief among, a, you know, a large percentage of the population that, like, the world will end and there's going to be a second coming. And so, like, it's, 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 Do you know uh, what I used to hear as a child? Do you know what our mother used uh-huh. to tell me as a child? That what? in my lifetime we would see America yeah. crumble, and we would all yeah. gather all the all the saints would gather in Jackson, Missouri, and we were all going to load up handcarts yeah. and travel to Jackson, Missouri, to rendezvous, and that was the future that no, I was presented with right as a child. <laughs> People believe that around here. It's not. It's not uh, hyperbole. That's not so, man. Now watch it be true. <laughs> I know. So far, it seems like it might be panning out. Oh man, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Well, happy New Year's, man. Yeah. Likewise. Here's to. Uh... Uh, a year, another year full of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Twenty, twenty, twenty. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, twenty, twenty. All mm-hmm. right, man. Well, this was this has been interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't. I I think we had two disjointed conversations going on at the same time, and I'm interested that's, to go back <laughs> and listen and hear how they all how they actually matched up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun. All right. I'll, uh, okay. I'll I'll talk to you in the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, <laughs> good to know.
reality TV personality in DC. Speak free if you can see others delicate fucking matter developing man it beats me. Oh Two fleets, keep peace on the mean streets. One treats, brown people get the beast lean. Never like the force to police me. What's the fate of the species? Get a metal plate and the mate with the PCs and retreat back to a monkey truck at DCs. Never mind the if, but the how it falls. I'm vibing out, watching Alma. Oh. 